Welcome back to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Samuel Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Uh, today's episode, we dove into manufacturing companies. Uh, and we, uh, we we work with a lot of manufacturing companies, uh, especially over the last you know couple of months to try to figure out what are we what are we doing for 2022? How do we plan? How do we how do we sell more? How do we grow uh, in 2022 and do better than we did in, in 2021? So um, there's a lot of different strategies, tactics that we uh, implement for our clients. And so today we we dove into uh, three areas that you can look at, three areas uh, of your business that you can tap into uh, and, and quickly build some pipeline. And these are areas that all companies, all manufacturing companies have access to. We're not talking about uh, spending a ton of money on uh, marketing initiatives or you know trade shows or um, you know, ads, you know, Google ads, spend anything along those lines. We're talking about things that already exist in your business uh, that you can tap into. So uh, please uh, give us a like, uh, subscribe, uh, share the podcast with a friend and uh, we'll jump right in. Enjoy the episode. All right, Sam, let's, uh, let's dive right in. Um, if you're if you're listening to this uh, podcast, well, obviously you listen to the podcast. Uh, you know we talk a lot about manufacturing companies. It's a, a topic that is near and dear to our heart because we we work with a lot of manufacturing companies here at One IMS. And so, um, as we're gearing up uh, towards the end of the year, uh, trying to plan for 2022, now um, there's a lot of discussions with our clients around how do we fill the pipeline and how do we fill the pipeline quickly. Uh, you know, what are some quick wins that we can do to close some business in, in Q1 of this year, right? So when it comes to obviously marketing and sales, um, there's not any, there's no silver bullet, right? So there's not a, a lot of times there's not a quick solution, uh, at least anything that's going to be sustainable. So we want to talk about, you know, how do we, how do we look at short-term, you know, plans, but also how do we set ourselves up for success so that we don't have to, you know, how, have this question every year of how do we quickly get some, you know, some sales, right? So uh, we, you know, put our heads together and, and came up with three ideas uh, or three things, uh, areas of focus where manufacturing companies can, um, you know, really tap into in terms of filling their pipeline uh, in a short amount of time. So uh, Sam, let's, let's dive in uh, to, you know, some of those ideas. What's the first thing uh, that you would look at as a manufacturing company if you're looking to generate some revenue relatively quickly. Yeah, I would say your warm your lost deals and your past leads are your warmest leads, right? So if you think about anybody that you may have had given quotes in the past, had sales conversations about a project, um, had interaction, but you did not win those deals, those are what what I would probably start with first because, hey, they've already heard of your company, uh, reached out yeah. to you, had at least some level of conversations, maybe even got as far as maybe even giving quotes. Those are prob- probably prospects that I would start with to see how can I re-engage with those prospects? Can I start sales conversations? Are there immediate needs that they may have that I can meet uh, and turn those into sales opportunities? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great, great idea. Um, and it also, it depends on how you look at lost deals or lost opportunities. But I would look at two things. I would look at all the, you know, form submissions and inquiries that you had from the last year. Uh, and I would also look at, like you said, all the quotes that we sent out. Um, if you start with those two, those two lists, uh, if you will, I think there's gonna be a lot of value in there. And this is typically overlooked, right? Especially when <clears throat> you start to build this inbound uh, lead generating machine, right? Uh, and so your sales reps now have converted from the traditional, you know, hunting uh, to kind of you know sitting back and waiting for the leads to come in. 
um, not to say you get complacent, but you get into the rhythm of uh, you need a new lead, new lead. And the answer is always new leads. But in reality, the system generated those leads for you, right? Your your website has um, you know brought in this interest in your organization, in your company, and somebody reached out at some point. And so you know, maybe you followed up with them and you couldn't get a hold of anybody. Um, maybe, you know, the person you were working with left the company, maybe, um, you sent out a quote and you lost to a competitor on that particular project. But if those companies are still a good fit in terms of your ideal customer profile, if you can still help them, um, you know, if their need might not have gone away just because they used somebody else uh, in the short term, or just because they didn't go with you at the time for whatever reason. So I would look at, um, and those lost deals, uh, like you said, and then I would take it a step further and filter basically by like, we look at it as a lost reason, right? So uh, when we look in our CRM and our data, we have a closed lost and closed lost reason. And I would take those, you know, priorities of, you know, basically they're unresponsive. They went with a competitor. Uh, they're, you know, the lost due to inaction. A lot of deals are lost to inaction, right? So they didn't go with a competitor. They just didn't do anything. Uh, so I would look at those and, and build the list and then kind of prioritize that based on the companies that are the best fit. But I completely agree with you. Totally overlooked um, opportunity is those deals that are that have are those leads that have come in in the past that we never did business with, um, but they they might be still a good fit for us to do business with in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think it, like you mentioned, uh, I think the the part part of the reason could have been budget reason too. Maybe your pricing was a little bit higher than. Uh, some alternative options that they were looking at. So maybe they went for a cheaper alternative, but then ended up with the unsatisfactory output or outcome that might uh, actually uh, help you win that, win that deal much better this time around, because now you have a real yeah. reason to reach back. And well, if they're unhappy with whoever they chose, primarily because the pricing was a lot more attractive in the first mm-hmm. place, but then the outcome wasn't exciting enough. So that yeah. also is a great opportunity for re-engaging. Yeah, in these past 12, 18 months in particular, I think this is extremely important because uh, a lot of our manufacturing companies are, are losing deals due to turnaround times, capacity, right? Uh, and what we're finding and what their clients are finding is that everyone's having these problems, right? So maybe they, you were the first quote that they got uh, and you say, hey, you know, we don't have that part in or we can't do this or we're backed up for six months and it's going to be a six month turnaround time. Uh, and they said, you know, forget it, I'll go somewhere else. Um, we can't give up on that because, you know, likely all your competitors are having similar turnaround time. So uh, if if we had that, right, we see that problem coming up, I would add that field to, you know, CRM and your data uh, to say that as a closed loss reason, you know, turnaround times or capacity or whatever that is. And if you can go back and tap into those, you know, there may be some, uh, we've had a lot of clients that have, you know, perfect fit in terms of that customer, but they couldn't do that. They couldn't handle that project in that specific window what they found out was really nobody could. So you can continue to market to them, stay in front of them. You could probably still win that, win that opportunity. Exactly. All right. So what's the the second uh, place you would look in order to drum up some pipeline? Yeah. So once I've kind of, you know, depleted all the possible past opportunities and leads, I will go next to my past customers. You know, when we look at uh, 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 an existing uh, established business, there's very likelihood a good amount of past customers that have not been very active in the recent years. So looking at whether it be recency in the few few months back they've ordered, or maybe some even you know a couple of years back that they last ordered, looking at those and figuring out are there opportunities that they may have that we might be able to meet today, whether it be because we have more capacity, like you said, or maybe better machines, or 
whatever else that we may bring to the table today that's different from how the interaction may have gone in the past. So looking at past customers that bought from us and then figuring out how do we re-engage those past customers. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, we've seen it work a lot with our, our clients. Um, you know, I think past customers, again, based on, depending on the type of company, right? So there's really two types of business models when you look at it in terms of, you know, either a project-based or recurring, you know, revenue-based, right? If you just simplify it down to that point. Um, there are, you know, manufacturers, depending on, the, again, the business model that are on contracts where, you know, each month they do a certain amount of work. And so it's an abrupt change when a client um, moves on from them or cancels or whatever. Uh, but there's also a, a big number of manufacturing companies that we work with that are everything is project work. Mm -hmm. um, and so what happens is no, there's no abrupt change. Things just start to kind of dwindle down. And then all of a sudden you look back and you say, hey, you know, we haven't worked with, you know, company X, Y and Z in six months or they haven't ordered. Typically they order, uh, you know, biannually or they order annually and their annual order was 20 percent less this year. And then that kind of trend continues and, you know, things just trickle down and, and trickle away. And so um, I think one great way to, to look at that, I mean, obviously you need the data around, um, you know, how often people buy uh, what their typical annual you know, value is to the company, those kind of things, ability to segment those leads. Um, and then I would just look at that and use this as an opportunity when you uncover those past customers, someone hasn't ordered in six months and they typically do someone hasn't ordered in six years, whatever that you know timeline is, use that as an opportunity to almost like a market research, right? Approach and reach out to them and say, Hey, you know, we're, as we're going in 2022, we're trying to figure out you know, how to best service our, our, uh, you know, clients. Uh, a lot of changes have happened in our industry this year. And uh, we wanted to get in touch with you to make sure that, that we could provide everything that you're looking for. We noticed, you know, you you ordered 10% less this year, or we we noticed that you're you haven't ordered in six months, and you know, typically order every three months. Uh, so we just want to see what what's changed. What can we do to to best service you? Right. So I think it'd be a very kind of casual way to approach those conversations and get some information. And you may find something that that you can use as marketing to other clients uh, that could be in similar situations. Yeah, most certainly. And I think you know, like you said. Um, having that information at hand that uh, gives you the ability to provide contextual information, right? Like, hey, you bought from us in the past, and having that information is also very uh, important when you're actually being able to reach out. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified or Maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. All right. So we have uh, lost deals is a good opportunity to reach out now past customers. So maybe you're seeing a, a trend here. Uh, so what's the third 
uh, category, third area you would look at? Yeah, I guess the, the most important one would be your active customers that are actually buying from you today. And your question should be, what are additional value added services that we can bring to the table that they may not already be purchasing from you? Or are there other department or divisions within that organization that we can actually sell to, right? Because when we talk about a lot of manufacturing companies, they say, hey, we actually sell to this division that only manufactures this one uh, product unit, uh, but they have like seven other unit uh, divisions that we don't have any interactions with. So figuring out, is there an opportunity to get an introduction to an existing uh, company, but uh, other department departments within that company? or divisions right. within that company. So going after our existing customers and figuring out can we expand within that organization? Yeah, I think in the manufacturing space, um, you know, your customers have always been your best you know, salespeople, right? Word of mouth, referrals, um, those type of things. Uh, and nothing has changed, but now you have the ability to amplify that voice and that message. So uh, tap into that, right? Use in one way or the other, you still need, you need to always use your existing customers to market and to sell, right? whether that's case studies, testimonials, referrals, you know, in, in terms of direct ways to market that messaging and that voice. Uh, and then the way that you mentioned is, you know, c- continue to nurture those relationships, tap into them, understand more about their business, other areas you can support. How do we get into other departments? How do we work on other projects? Um, you know, your happiest customers uh, should be one of your your biggest drivers for, for growth, right? Uh, because that's how we, we grow as companies is we, we get in, we, we perform, we exceed expectations and we expand. Um, and so that's, that's a great uh, example. And I might even say that's the number one priority just in terms of quick wins because they're already paying you, right? They already have their, their pocketbooks open and uh, they're, they're paying you. And so it's a matter of increasing that a bit um, rather than getting completely net new business. But uh, yeah, I love that as a, a, a great, you know, third option for uh, drumming up some pipeline. Yeah, especially when when you have the established relationship, you're probably a, a, a you know approved vendor on their uh, on their system. So the, all of those things increases your uh, you know chances of winning additional opportunity within that organization because you don't now have to get approved uh, for whatever other divisions within that organization you can sell to. All of those things um, are important factors in terms of winning winning additional business within those companies. So obviously that would be kind of our number third uh, idea to execute. So you, you probably notice a, a thread here and a theme here, um, you know, with, I would say a hundred percent of the manufacturing companies that we work with, their most valuable asset is that contact database mm-hmm. in one way or the other. We just listed out three different segments of those contacts, right? Of those leads, lost deals, past customers, existing customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what mistakes do you do you see companies making uh, in accessing that data, or what is the right way to to have that data? Where does that data live, and then how do we leverage it? Yeah, I mean, this is the the I don't know the six million dollar question that oftentimes that get asked on our on our conversation with our um, our business friends, right? So when we're talking with our CEOs and senior leadership at manufacturing companies, when we're asking them, hey, how can we help you expand your current business and reach new customers, or even um, introduce your new products that you bring into market. What's your database like? You know, how many contacts do you have? How many prospects? How many customers? That's when they look they look like a deer and you know caught in a headlight because mm-hmm. most of the time they're relying on some sort of a, a homegrown system where they might have um, their database uh, their customer data is real, uh, is on or sometimes it's very antiquated technology where it's very hard to access that data. It's not web enabled. 
Uh, and then oftentimes we've heard it's in our inbox. Uh, it's in our Outlook. You know, we have everybody's contact information in our Outlook. Uh, we create tasks to follow up with our past customers. I mean, we've heard stories. Uh, uh, you can name it. We've heard it. So this is one of the biggest uh, opportunity that we see with manufacturing organizations really you know, taking it as a big part of their business strategy mm-hmm. is to to really, you know, really value the contact database of their customers, their past leads, and um, your, your past opportunities. Yep. Yeah, and, and this, if you're listening to this, right, and you're a, um, you know, a, a, let's say a CEO, you own a manufacturing company, you're a sales leader, you're a marketing leader. None of those are surprises, right? If you talk to your top performing sales reps, um, they've closed deals this year from all three of those areas, you know, past deals that they lost, past customers that they brought back, existing customers, they, you know, upsold, cross-sell, whatever. Um, The problem is when you can't replicate that and you can't do that um, systematically, um, right? If I asked you and said, hey, pull me a list of uh, all of the, lost opportunities, uh, lost deals that we got to quote the proposal stage that we sent a quote out last year um, that were at least, you know, $50,000 quotes, right? Pull that list. Like if you don't, if you can't pull that quickly, you can't access that quickly. That's an issue, right? That's a problem. Uh, if you can't access <clears throat> which products, right? If you, if you, um, you're manufacturing multiple different products or you have product lines or different industries, whatever it is you want to filter by, if you don't have that ability, that that's a problem. Um, you know, same thing with existing customers. What are they paying? How much are they paying? Can we prioritize by size, by, you know, anything, right? Because if you're, if you're looking at it and we have to fill gaps in production or anything along those lines, we should quickly, you know, if we have a certain machine that has, you know, we have a water jet machine or something like that, that has capacity for the next month, we should be able to go and tap into those opportunities that we quoted that use that machine that fit into a one month, you know, run rate in terms of the product size filter that out and, and reach out to those people. So if we can't do that, that's a problem. So first step is having that data, uh, having access to that, having the ability to filter. And then I would take in the next step to say, now we need to build some automation around this so that we don't have to, it doesn't have to be so manual and that we don't have to be in this position next year to say, how do we drum up, you know, mm-hmm. how do we drum up business to close out the year? How do we drum up business to start up the year strong? Uh, we should have systems in place that, um, you know, based on the contract length, uh, if they lost to a competitor and they signed a one-year contract, you know, then nine months from now, we're sending them an email automatically, right. To check in on how their contract's going. And if we could, they're open to discussions like that needs to be mm-hmm. automated. Um, whether it's just the communication that's automated or even just reminders for the salespeople to follow up or, uh, automated, you know, building of lists, uh, based on these different criteria. So, um, like you mentioned, we've seen everything from <clears throat> people writing contact information down on, you know, a, a napkin to, you know, Excel sheets to everything living in, in QuickBooks and invoices. Um, you know, we, we work with companies that have been in business for 80 years, 100 years that, um, you know, if, if uh, somehow their their phone line got disconnected, they would they would lose revenue because they don't have any data. There's no contracts. People call in and place orders, you know, on every day, right? Just because they've been doing business for, with them for so long. Uh, we're seeing a big shift, obviously, in the workforce and a younger generation taking over, especially in um, decision-making positions and senior level positions. Uh, and they act, you know, digitally and they make decisions digitally. 
Um, and so we need to we need to adapt to the times and we certainly need to have that data somewhere um, so that we can make informed decisions and that that we can, you know, increase our, our output in terms of our, our sales activity. Yeah. And I think when you talk about the technology where the data resides, I think there is already investment made on the ERP side of like order history and, you know, yep. the unit volume and all of those things are being tracked in the ERP system. But that information necessarily doesn't translate into the sales and marketing department where there's no real, you know, almost in real time communication between the two of those systems to be able to say, hey, who was past customers, who is the current customer, who has active projects. All of that information needs to be accessible to both marketing and sales department and not just in the production or in accounting and finance department. So I think that's an important thing that a manufacturing leadership need to start taking it as a priority, uh, centralizing and connecting these data sources and making it you know, almost real time in terms of the, the data quality and information. Then going back to what you said about automation, I think even... Just the very fact that you said that, you know, customers who've bought from us, you know, or lost a deal, you know, nine months ago, but they went, went with another supplier, one-year one contract, those sort of touch points, if you can stay top of mind with those prospects throughout their uh, whatever um, contract length that they may have, they're getting information from you or you're continuing to nurture them and that they never forgot about you as an organization and your ability to serve them in the future. So uh, you can never just, uh, you know, just say, hey, we lost the deal. There's no chance now. Let's just forget about them. We'll, we'll touch base in 12 months. But by then, it might be already too late. They probably already had other conversations with other vendors when when was nearing, you know, nearing the end of their contract length with whoever they went with. So you should be figuring out ways, automating every touches, you know, every touch you can possibly have with these customers uh, throughout um, throughout the year. And technology definitely does enable you to do that much more efficiently. Sure. Yeah. So I think it's really a two-step process, right? If we're to, to summarize this, um, you need to have access to all of this data. Um, and initially, these are great ways you can segment that data uh, as an initial you know, filter, right? Lost deals, past customers, existing customers. Uh, and then the more data you have, like we talked about, there's other ways you can uh, break that down. Lost deals by you know company size, by location, region, by industry, by um, you know service or product that you were selling you know to them or that you quoted them on the past. Um, obviously, date that they we lost the deal and and maybe some correlation between the average contract length, like we just talked about. Um, so you know maybe a, a deal that you lost a month ago to a competitor is probably not as good of an opportunity as a deal you lost a year ago to a competitor. Uh, so really, again. You have to have that data to be able to, to start here. Uh, and the second piece is, is building a system to house that data, not just, um, you know, again, spreadsheets or, you know, it shouldn't take you three days to come up with this mm -hmm. information, right? Uh, by looking at SAP and QuickBooks and, you know, Gmail and, you know, Outlook and all these places to try to come up with this list, um, you know, going and looking at all the form submissions that you have, like you should have a way to, to automate this list in the segmentation based on the criteria that you, you deem important uh, so that you can do this in the future. So kind of a short-term, long-term there, right? Is like, here's how you can look to drum things up in the short-term, but long-term you need to have the data and you need to have a place where, as you mentioned, the sales team and the marketing team can tap into um, that's separate from, you know, production type information. Mm -hmm. And if you already have the technology, then maybe let's start taking step to work refining and defining what, you know, what those criteria that we just mentioned um, in terms of segmenting, what the best way to segment those people based on your business offerings, uh, that would be the next step to do. But if you don't even have the technology, that's where we encourage you to even um, 
reach out to us if you need some help and guidance on how we can give you direction on getting those things implemented. Right. Yeah, absolutely. If, um, you know, this is something we do every day with our clients. So if, if you're struggling on which, you know, what tech stack you need, um, what criteria is good to filter on, how do we, how do we build some automation, anything along those lines, uh, feel free to reach out to us. So I think it's a good place to end for today. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please uh, give us a like, subscribe uh, wherever you're listening. Uh, share it with a friend, a colleague uh, that, that needs to hear this. Share this with your boss uh, if they want to let you invest into a marketing technology uh, or a CRM so that uh, you can explain the importance of it. So uh, again, hopefully you enjoyed and uh, come back for next week's episode. All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you could do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, Share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers. Head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.